Welcome to another episode of the Friendly Troll Podcast by the Center for Intellectual Property and Information Technology, easily referred to as CIPIT at Strathmore University. My name is Florence Ogonjo, a research assistant at CIPIT, and I will be your host for this episode. One of the research areas CIPIT focuses on is artificial intelligence, AI. CIPIT's focus on AI includes research on AI tools, products, trends, policies, and impacts and further focuses on contributing to the definition and pursuit of responsible AI in Africa. In this episode, we will be focusing on AI utilization, more specifically, AI in the judiciary. We will focus on research that CIPIT has undertaken in exploring how AI is being utilized in different judicial jurisdictions and the extent to which this has been applied in the African continent. In this episode, I will also touch on issues of bias, AI-assisted decision-making, and ethical implications. I hope you will enjoy and learn from this episode. It's a Monday morning and you're late for work, as you almost always are every Monday. The only difference this time is that you are speeding to get to the office at a rather decent time because you scheduled a meeting for 10 a.m. and you left the house at 9. So this time you happen to be rushing across and driving quite fast and you take the wrong turn. And instead of driving up ahead to make a U-turn so that you can go to the right lane, you decide to risk it all, and you cut through the pavements instead. You assume no one of consequence has seen you, but before you know it, there's the red light, green light from the motorcycle in your rear view mirror. Feel free to cue red light, blue light by EMO at this point. Before you know it, you're trying to negotiate with their fundy to let you go, of a non-existing but existing emergency. This time, your tears don't work. They usually do, but this time, they don't. So you're issued with a ticket for a traffic offense and you have to appear at the traffic court. Not tomorrow, not in the course of the week, but today. So work is definitely going to be late. Or let's just say you might not even make it to work entirely and you might miss your important meeting that you scheduled for 10. So you have assumed the worst for the day and you know you will spend forever at the courthouse. You arrive at the courthouse and just make the decision to just go on with it and get it over and done with so that the rest of your day can go ahead or stop depending on how the court process goes. So you go into the court system. You're already familiar with this process because guess what? It's not your first rodeo. So you walk into the corridors, you know where you're going. And for the first time in a very long time, the corridors are a bit silent, which is definitely not the norm for traffic court on a Monday morning. So as you walk in, you notice something slightly different. In the room, you're used to seeing quite a number of people um, stuck together like, we would say, sardines over Monday morning. But this time, there's fewer people. And what you see, as opposed to the normal structuring, is a rather large machine, kind of like the ones you see at the bank or at the hospital when you need to get a receipt to be served. So you're very curious about what these changes are. And you just decide to sit and wait your turn because there's really not as many people as you had expected. You're pretty much the third person on the line of people who are sitting. The first person who was ahead of you gets done pretty quickly, so does the second. And before you know it, it's your turn. So you go ahead, look at the machine, look at the screen, and you're quickly, easily to key in what you need to do. So you quickly put in the plate number of your car, which is required, your phone number, as well as your full names. After you've clicked all that, you quickly click the enter button and it brings for you the traffic violations under the act that you have violated or rather that you are stopped for. You find that to be quite interesting. Then once you've done that, 
you have the option of clicking whether you're guilty or not guilty. You think about it for a few seconds and you sort of want to play with the machine and figure out what would happen if you said not guilty. But you look at your watch and it seems like you might be able to actually make it for your meeting because it's only 9.30. So you quickly do the not guilty. Immediately, it brings for you the fine you're supposed to pay based again on the provision under the Traffic Act. So you quickly pay the fine that you have been prompted to pay through the machine. And before you know it, you're done. And guess what? It's only 9.30. And what time did you get arrested? You got arrested at what? At 9. So you have at least 30 minutes give or take to spare before you get to work. And for you, this is a sigh of relief. The change was a bit daunting for you, but you're glad that the change exists in as much as you didn't have time to really assess the changes that have just happened. So this is one of the ways in which AI can be leveraged. The scenario does seem like it could be a dream, but guess what? It's actually reality. And for most jurisdictions, that's the actual reality that they're facing. The use of AI in sorting such small matters such as traffic offenses. So in looking at um, this, we note that AI has been revolutionary in improving different professional fields and sectors. In the legal sector specifically, AI is utilized in a number of jurisdictions for different purposes both at the bar and the bench level. When I say bar and bench level here, I basically mean both for legal practice used by lawyers and at the bench level, I basically mean at the judiciary level by judges and the judicial staff at large. AI is being leveraged to revolutionize the judiciary in several ways. One of the most significant applications is in legal research and analysis. AI algorithms can quickly process vast amounts of legal data including case law, statutes, and legal opinions to provide valuable insights to judges, lawyers, and legal researchers. This expedites the research process and enhances the quality of legal analysis. Practical examples can be derived from countries such as China, which presents an insightful case study of AI use cases in the judiciary. Local courts like the Beijing High People's Courts have adopted a wise judge, basically an AI judge, that draws on existing judgment data to draft decisions that produce similar outcomes for cases with similar facts. This has also extended to criminal proceedings, where we have the Shanghai People's Court using AI to infer consistency in its criminal decisions with judgments across the rest of China. When we look at leveraging AI in the judiciary and looking at it from more of a criminal perspective in terms of criminal proceedings, you'll note that as we continue with the discussions in this podcast, that there are certain ethical issues that come up, especially issues of bias that come up within um, applying or leveraging AI, especially for criminal proceedings. Other state-led applications of AI in the court systems have also provided answers to parties' legal questions. It has also guided litigants on the best way to solve their disputes. It has also assisted parties with the selection of attorneys and has provided preliminary case outcomes for analysis. So imagine a scenario whereby um, someone has wronged you and you think that it could be a court a court case. But then you have this specific um, web platform that utilizes AI or that leverages AI that sort of helps you gauge the extent to which your case may be heard or if your dispute is even viable before court. Imagine a situation that reduces the time within which you could be able to spend in court um, litigating over a matter or you could basically be able to solve that dispute very easily through either mediation or arbitration. 
as opposed to spending time within the court system. So systems like that exist and have helped um, various parties be able to decide on the best way to solve their respective disputes. In areas of um, registration as well, within the judiciary system, manual registration and inspection has also been bypassed by technology such as um, facial recognition technology to the extent that people no longer have to, to key in whether they can be able to have access to specific um, documents within the court registry. This is especially for um, the court registry staff. So another significant use of AI has been noted in um, countries such as Estonia, where, for example, um, they have taken strides in designing an AI judge. So the design of this AI judge was basically a pilot project, which was expected to help clear the country's case backlog. The AI judge handles small claims of less than 7,000 euros, and its decision can be appealed by a human judge. So in the event that, um, give yourself an example whereby you're in Estonia, you're a resident of Estonia, you're a citizen of Estonia, and you have um, a case that has um, a claim for basically less than 7,000 euros, let's give it 6,500 euros, and um, you go to court. So an AI judge would be able to handle this specific claim for you. So give it a situation whereby you're not pleased with the final outcome of the case, just the way you would be given the um, you would be given the capacity to appeal a case to a higher court. It's similar to using the AI judge. If you're not satisfied with the decision of the AI judge, you're given the option of appealing it to an actual human judge to be able to see um, the facts of the case see the evidence again and see whether the judgment was sound. So the scope of disputes in the pilot program um, has been limited to contractual matters only. Um, and that's the extent to which the pilot project on the AI judge would be able to run. In a country like Austria, another European country, um, they have also used AI in its judicial system, but in a more administrative manner. So for them, they used AI for document management, particularly um, through the anonymization of court documents and by acting as a digitization assistance for files that have not yet been digitized. In Austria, they leveraged AI um, for the digitization process um, of court documents. If we bring this back to um, a sort of um, African perspective, we note that AI may not necessarily have been utilized within the judiciary to the extent to which it has been utilized in um, the Western jurisdiction, that's in the examples I've just given, in Estonia, but we note it has been utilized um, within um, legal practice. So a Nigerian company known as Law Pavilion developed an AI tool that analyzes the strengths and weaknesses of legal um, positions and authorities. So in 2018, it launched um, an AI legal assistant for um, lawyers. It's called Timmy. So the, basic, the basis of this um, AI tool was to help um, lawyers with legal research, drafting of legal opinions, litigation, and filing um, of court um, processes. So African law firms such as Bowman's um, in Kenya, we have um, KT Advocates, have adopted such AI tools. More specific to this, um, and in looking at um, further AI utilizations, but in a more, um, in a more nuanced perspective, we look at the fact that um, in the United Kingdom, um, they developed um, a risk assessment tool that was called HART. It was called the HAMS Risk Assessment Tool, easily abbreviated as H-A-R-T. So the tool was developed by researchers from University of Cambridge and collaboration with um, Darham Consultancy um, through an algorithm that was created using random um, forecast, um, a form of machine learning. The consultancy used the tool to assess whether an individual's risk of reoffending merits um, court prosecution or it would merit a referral to an out-of-court settlement of sorts. However, ethical concerns were raised with respect to the use of this tool 
and the ethical concerns that were predominantly raised with this were with respect to transparency of the algorithm and the replication of bias, especially against disadvantaged groups, um, where data um, with respect to their postcodes was being used. So the algorithm was developed with um, data that was derived from geographical locations of where criminal offenses predominantly happen. So the greatest issue with this was that the tool always picked up that people from that specific area were more likely to commit an offense. And then that offense wouldn't be referred to maybe like an out-of-court settlement. It would always have to be referred to armed court prosecution, even in instances where you'd find that that person was not necessarily guilty of the offense. So that's one of the key issues that was brought up, the bias element of it, which um, ended up um, bringing out um, elements of discrimination in that capacity and in that respective so in as much as um, it, the intention behind it was probably to help the criminal justice system um, streamline its work with respect to handling criminal matters, the end result of it wasn't as welcomed as it would have been, especially to those who always got um, the results given by the application of this specific assessment tool. It was deemed to be more discriminatory than anything. So those are just a few of the examples within which um, AI has been utilized in the judiciary. As you've noted, it's, it's, it's a bit more streamlined and similar in most jurisdictions, and most jurisdictions are aiming towards um, developing an AI judge, um, not necessarily to replace a human judge, but to make certain um, small claims matters move a bit faster so that judges um, are left with more time to deal with uh, more daunting matters as opposed to those that could be easily dealt with. But the trend that we are seeing with this is that um, with respect to leveraging AI in the judiciary, uh, a big part of it is with respect to um, developing a sort of AI judge to be able to do that. But one of the core areas that we're also seeing that AI is being developed, especially within the legal area, is with respect to um, minimizing the manual tasks that would normally be done in terms of legal research, drafting of legal opinions, which um, pretty much saves on time um, in different areas especially within practice. So CIPIT has in its capacity explored um, various ways in which um, AI can be utilized in um, the judiciary, and it has explored this through two research papers. The first research paper is utilizing AI and improving efficiency in the environmental and land court in Kenya, in the Kenyan judiciary. And the other one is leveraging AI in the Kenyan judiciary, a case for utilizing text classification models for data completeness um, in case law metadata in the Kenyan Employment and Labor Relations Court. So in these um, research papers, we specifically focused on two courts within the Kenyan judiciary. We focused on the Environmental and Land Court, and we also focused on the Kenyan Labor Relations Court. The main reason for this is because these two courts are actually specialized courts. And because they're specialized courts, they focus on um, one element, just one element within judicial proceedings that enables um, data sets to be, be created in a specific manner so that an algorithm can be easily developed without uh, many inconsistencies. So on the case of um, leveraging uh, utilizing um, AI in improving efficiency in the environmental land court system, it was because we noted that um, the environmental land court experienced a um, huge backlog of cases. And we were trying to explore how AI can be utilized within that specific court to sort of reduce the backlog of cases. So in looking at this paper, we noted that one of the main areas in which um, AI can be utilized is in predictive analysis. So the data that we found um, on um, certain judicial reports was that um, the backlog of cases was predominantly um, structured within specific counties. There's different environmental land courts in different counties within um, Kenya. So the reports that we found this data from gave us a cumulative um, understanding of the extent to which um, land matters are filed within those specific courts 
It gave us a brief also of um, the number of judges within those specific courts. It gave us a brief of the number of staff within those specific courts. It gave us a brief of the number of um, cases that have been successfully adjudicated upon within those specific courts, within the specific counties. So applying a predictive element to AI within the environmental and land court would give you information on basically trying to um, evaluate um, and trying to predict in a specific year how many cases would be filed within an environmental land court in a specific county? Would they be more in one county and less in another county? If they are more in one county, um, we would they would be able to distribute resources in terms of the number of judges who would be assigned to that specific county to be able to deal with those matters. They would also be able to distribute their resources in terms of the number of staff that would be required in a specific court as opposed to another. It would also be able to give information on the kind of land court cases that are being filed within those specific counties, it will enable them to narrow down which specific issues were arising in terms of um, land issues and land matters. Is it land grabbing? Is it with respect to um, selling of land illegally or certain elements with respect to uh, land matters that often arise in the court systems? So with predicting those elements, especially with respect to the types of cases, it would also enable the judiciary to sort of build a capacity building mechanism or tool within those specific areas that relate to issues on land matters and also build their capacity with respect to the land laws that exist within the country. So in that sense, it would enable the judiciary in itself within that sector and also the people from that place to benefit from um, capacity building mechanisms and also reduce the number of cases that were being filed within those respective courts. So that's just um, one of the ways that we looked at within that specific research paper. When we looked at leveraging AI in the Kenyan judiciary um, with relation to um, the Kenya Employment and Labor Relations Court, we noted that um, there are many cases that are usually filed within um, the employment um, court systems, but they are also very much similar to one another. But the problem with that is um, in order to be able to leverage AI and maybe use those cases um, for a predictive capacity or for other utilizations, what we would require is for an element of data completeness. So you'll find that for the cases that have been filed and um, adequately adjudicated upon, you find that those cases, um, once they are posted online and they are made public, they don't necessarily have the same structure, especially within the case metadata. And the case metadata in this part is just a summary of what the case highlights. It's the parties to the suit, um, which is basically the parties who filed the case, the judge who has been given responsibility of handling the matter, or the judge who will be handling the matter, the final decision and the key elements of that case um, that are being um, adjudicated upon or that are being decided upon. So in looking at that, you find that in as much as the case metadata had that information, it was not streamlined across all the cases that were posted online and that were open source. So it would be a bit difficult to create um, an AI, a clean and clear AI um, algorithm based on that. So to be able to create an AI algorithm that is functional and that is efficient and effective, you need quality and clean data. So our case in this specific research paper was to be able to use AI to sort of leverage data completeness within the case metadata and in streamlining that metadata. So we used um, application of um, various um, AI mechanisms and AI tools um, to be able to make a case for why AI can be leveraged to create data completeness within the case law metadata. So you can be able to have a look at these specific papers and familiarize yourself more about it. If you're more curious about it, these papers will be linked in the description section and you can have a look at it.
So what we have looked at so far in part is the benefits of leveraging AI. And um, to the examples I've given, these benefits would seem to um, help the judiciary in different capacities. And also with respect to um, finalizing matters quickly, it would help with respect to um, ensuring efficiency of the judiciary as a whole. But in considering this um, specific um, benefits that AI would have um, if applied to the judiciary, we must also um, look at some of these challenges, um, which I just touched on briefly. I'm sure the users sound quite impressive and showcase um, the benefits of leveraging AI. However, um, in noting these benefits, it's important to also look at um, some of the ethical issues that have been raised or that are arising with respect to incorporating AI in the judicial system. Some of the ethical issues relate to bias and ensuring transparency in AI-assisted decision-making. So an issue of bias, um, again, um, I had earlier mentioned, would come up in the case, for example, of the harms risk assessment tool that was being utilized in the UK for criminal proceedings. Issues of bias like that develop, especially where the data in itself already demonstrates um, bias from society and from culture. So it's very easy to pick up um, data that has bias in it in terms of um, your undertakings as a society and in terms of your cultural underpinnings and undertakings. It's also reflected in your day-to-day -day life. That will easily trickle down to your data. And that data is the same data that is used to create data sets that would also develop the AI algorithm. So without note, that would easily carry on to um, the development of the specific AI tool that would be using the AI algorithm. So in that capacity, issues of discrimination come up, issues of um, unmitigated harm come up, especially to the persons to whom um, such tools would be applied. Those are one of the core areas of um, the challenges in leveraging AI is the element of bias. Another element that comes out very clearly is transparency and explainability as well as accountability. So when we look at transparency, we are talking about um, how the back end works. Is it very clear to us that how this AI system has specifically come to its decision? Is it being made clear that your specific case will be handled by an AI tool? And if it's being handled by an AI tool, what are the harms and what are the ramifications of that? This easily ties in with explainability. So explainability is um, an understanding of how the algorithms work and whether you are able to deduce how the AI tool came up with its final decision. So you'll note, for example, for a human judge, when you're reading through the final judgment, there's an explanation of the consideration of the facts and a consideration of the evidence as well, and a holistic consideration of both elements to come up with the final decision as well as relevant laws that may apply. With the AI tool, it might not be the same because the AI tool will basically be structured to repeat precedent or past matters. It would be very um, difficult to tell how it came to its final decision. So one of the key issues has been that the people in the judiciary, the judges, um, staff, or even policymakers don't always understand how the AI algorithms work. They don't necessarily understand what data was used to structure the AI algorithms and ultimately come up with the final decisions. And developers who come up with these specific AI tools are not always particularly open about how the AI algorithms have been formulated or the data sets that they have used in that capacity. So issues of transparency come up and issues of explainability come out. Then comes issues of accountability where when discriminative practices are constantly perpetuated by such AI tools, it's very difficult to also ascribe accountability. Do you ascribe accountability for this harm to the developer? Do you ascribe accountability of these harms to the judiciary in itself or the judges working in the judiciary or the people who um, allowed for this tool to be used? 
who do you ascribe such accountabilities to? The channel for that is not necessarily clear. So these are some of the challenges that come up with utilizing AI. And these must be considered, especially before uh, considerations are made to leverage AI in the judiciary. Um, one of the key elements also has been noted to be that um, judges, even legal practitioners, advocates and lawyers and staff working within the judicial sector must also be very familiar with these technological advancements. In as much as the skill set may be there to a certain extent and certain capacity, it's always important to ensure that there is constant capacity building and constant building of skills for those who work within the judiciary so that they don't only have um, the theoretical understanding of how AI tools work, but they also have the technical understandings of how these AI tools actually work. So we've looked at um, the benefits of leveraging AI in the judiciary. We've looked at the examples of how AI can be leveraged in the judiciary, which have brought in the benefits that can come out, which have also raised some of the challenges that can come out when leveraging AI in the judiciary. So as we conclude, it is clear that AI's integration into the judiciary is not just a technological shift, but a cultural one as well. Stakeholders, including judges, lawyers, technologists, and policymakers, must then collaborate to harness AI's capabilities responsibly. Education and training plays an essential role in equipping legal professionals with the skills that they will require to engage with such transformative tools. As we further explore the impressive strides of AI, especially in legal research, in case prediction and document analysis, it is important to consider its potential in also expediating um, labor-intensive tasks and noting these specific benefits that enhance decision-making processes and noting that it is undeniable that these benefits actually exist. However, we must also note that the ethical implications of using AI in the judiciary, especially on transparency, bias mitigation and accountability, are crucial towards the development and deployment of AI tools. Also further noting the fact that um, deployment of AI tools must be guided by principles of fairness, equity and justice. Also noting the fact that legal frameworks need to be set up to be able to guide the leveraging and the utilization of AI in such judicial systems, especially systems that are noted to uphold um, principles of fairness, equity and justice. So striking the right balance between embracing innovation and preserving human judgment is also very crucial when considering leveraging AI in the judiciary. And with that, I hope um, you've gotten a few insights on how AI can be leveraged in the judiciary, what the benefits are, what the challenges are, especially in terms of the ethical considerations that rise up. I hope that the discussion has made you a bit more curious to go look into um, different research mechanisms different research that have been um, done on AI in the judiciary and look at um, the applications of the same, especially in the African context and ways in which the same can be applied um, in the Kenyan um, judiciary. Um, as I noted earlier, there's two papers that CIPIT has worked on with respect to leveraging AI in the Kenyan judiciary. The same will be linked in the description section. I hope you get an opportunity and a chance um, to look at them. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you have learned something from this episode. Please feel free to interact with more of our research, not just on artificial intelligence, but on other areas that CIPIT focuses on, on the CIPIT website, which is CIPIT at strathmo.edu. Um, please interact with our work, not just on AI. And thank you so much for listening to this episode, and we hope to see you in the coming episodes. Mm-hmm.